Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to go against the grain, to go against the majority view, to hold a perspective that isn't collectively held by the rest of the people. Sometimes you just have to fly in the face of conventional wisdom. You have to do things your way, do things differently, think differently. Sometimes you need to be outspoken about that. Sometimes you just need to be quietly in the background doing your own thing. Welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. It seems to me in the world around us today that it's never been more unpopular to have an unpopular view. The world at the moment seems to be chastising people for being different, thinking different, for even raising questions and challenging things. However, this episode is not about necessarily the state of the nation and more about you and how you go out there and do things your way, live your life your way, create products and services the way you want them to be, to go out there and create the success that you want. And even if that goes against the majority view, maybe the majority in your industry sector, maybe the people as a whole, maybe just the people around you, your family, your friends, your associates, etc. And sometimes it can be the bravest thing that you can ever do, which is to do your own thing and live your life the way you want to and to create your business in a vision that you hold for it for yourself. Everyone's got an opinion and when the majority of people hold the same opinion, it can be very easy for those people to believe that that is the only way forward. That's the only perspective. That's the only truth. However, history has shown us time and time again that just because even when the majority of the population hold a similar view, we know with hindsight that many times in the past, it wasn't necessarily the right one. We could look back at our own country here in the UK. We could look back to most countries around the world and we could pick certain times in their evolution, in their history, where maybe, maybe, just maybe what they were doing was completely wrong and the support they had from their people in doing what they were doing was completely wrong. We could look at slavery, for example, not just in America, but around the world. We could look at Nazism in Germany around the, obviously, 30s and into the Second World War. We could look at our own country, looking at our own past when we went out and colonised most of the planet. And, you know, with hindsight, I think it's fair to say that whilst it wouldn't have been a very popular view at that time, we can certainly see now that actually those things were not good things. And actually, despite the fact that those countries and the people within those countries were acting in those ways... En masse, it's fair to assume that actually it wasn't necessarily the right thing. And you know what? Many times to come, it will be the same thing again. With hindsight, we will look back and we'll realise that we were individually wrong and we'll realise that we were also sometimes collectively wrong as well. But it's hard, evolutionary speaking, it's hard to speak out against the masses. It's hard to do things differently to the majority of people. If we go back through our evolutionary timescales, we go back through to our tribal living, 
you know, we worked together because we collaborated together and we were safe because the tribe would look out for us and we would look out for the rest of the tribe. And therefore, anyone that was particularly different to the rest of the tribe, anyone that deviated from maybe the values of that tribe, the beliefs of that tribe, they were perceived as a threat to that tribe. And therefore, the tribe would potentially attack metaphorically, often literally, the person that held a different perspective or a different set of views. This is why tribes would have been inherently distrustful of other tribes, because unless they shared certain common themes, certain common values and beliefs and perspectives and perceptions, they couldn't necessarily trust that other individual. Today, it's exactly the same, by the way. We like people who are like us. We are drawn to people that hold a similar perspective to us and have similar views to us because we feel safer in those environments. The trouble is, when someone comes into our environment and has a different opinion to us, we see that as a threat to us. Now, cognitively, consciously, intelligently, we know that's not true. We know that differences of opinions are good. We know that people that hold different perspectives and different beliefs and values enrich life. In fact, we can problem solve much, much better if we have people actually disagreeing with each other because between them, whether it's two people or a whole collaboration, you'll get the best possible outcome. However, it's still really uncomfortable because that primitive part of us unconsciously still crave to be around people that hold similar views to us. It makes us feel safe because if someone else agrees with us, it means my views are right, which means that I'm more likely to be safe. In evolutionary timescales, this could be the difference between literal life and death. It could also be the difference between whether you were ingratiated within a group or not. And if you were welcomed inside a group, and the group saw you as a valued member, they would take care of you. You were literally, physically safe. Today, of course, we're not literally at threat. And whilst I've seen a few punches be thrown over people arguing about politics or religion, or maybe it's even coronavirus or COVID, it's rare. Predominantly, we don't enjoy it. We don't like people disagreeing with us. But we, at a level at least, intellectually, we respect that opinion. However, when those views violate some deep-rooted beliefs that we have, some deep-rooted values that we hold on to, things that we hold on to so tightly as being the truth, anyone that comes in and starts to mess with that is potentially a threat to us. And rather than being open and saying, okay, this is really intriguing. You have a very different perspective to me. Please share your perspective with me because I want to enrich my life. And maybe I'm right, maybe you're right, maybe there's something new that's right between the pair. That, we know, is how debate should work. Fundamentally, however, we find it really uncomfortable. And so does everybody else. And therefore, when we're being radically different or holding on to a perspective or a view or airing a view, which isn't necessarily the one that is held by the majority of other people, whether that's in a small environment like a household, a bigger environment, maybe a bigger environment like a business or even a corporation, or whether that's nationally or even globally, the result is often the same. The people that hold the same view as each other will double down that they're in the right simply because more people believe what they believe and therefore majority will rule. Now, this goes back to our primitive evolution where it was safe 
to be like everyone else in the tribe, and it was unsafe to be different from everyone else in the tribe, and that sits with us right up until this present day. If you feel like an oddball in your life, in your family, in your business, you know how uncomfortable this feels still, even in our current state of evolutionary development in our societies that we have today. So what happens, you see, is I think I'm right. That's kind of a default position that most people have, by the way. They kind of think they're right, and they need to think they're right because if they're wrong... Then again, going back through evolution timescales, this was different between life and death. And we need a degree of certainty in order to navigate the world. And therefore, we will hold on to what we believe to be true as a certainty. And it will be quite hard for someone to come in and change our mind and change our perspective. Well, if I've lived my life for 20 years in the wilderness, believing that hunting in this particular wood or in this particular creek is the right thing to do, and it's proven itself over the last 20 years to be the right thing to do, you can see why, evolutionary speaking, we wouldn't be particularly open to other people messing with our opinion on that. Equally, however, when we are faced with being wrong, of course, there's a point where we have to accept we're wrong in order to follow the new advice. Now, different people can switch and move and adjust their opinions quicker than other people. Some people, for example, they're wide open to being wrong. They're very well adjusted and they understand right from the get-go that I've got a lot of things that are working for me. I'm always looking for better ways and stuff like that, right? It's the thing we know we should be. It's the way we know we should be. But deep down, deep-rooted, we still get really upset when someone disagrees with us. But super well-adjusted people, high levels of confidence and self-esteem are actually much more open to the prospect of being wrong because they understand it doesn't mean anything about them to be wrong, and life and their performance and their success and happiness will be better because of their openness to being wrong. On the other end of the scale, we've got people that belligerently will hold on to their perspective and their view no matter what, no matter what evidence is presented to them, no matter what evidence they experience even in their own life firsthand, they'll always override that with the fact that they must be right. It's a default position. This must be right, and therefore, whatever else is happening, occurring, therefore must be wrong, regardless of the evidence that may be presenting itself to me. Most of us, we're somewhere in the middle, okay? We're somewhere in the middle. If we're more well-adjusted, we are more open and ready to be wrong on certain things. If we're less well-adjusted, we're probably a little bit more belligerent and hold on to the fact that we must be right. One of the things we also do, of course, is we, like people like ourselves that hold similar perspectives to ourselves, and therefore, we rarely get challenged on those views and those perspectives or those ideas, and therefore, we can get lured into a false sense of security that we are actually right. For example, you have a business and within that business, let's say you have multiple employees and you've recruited people based on your own image and therefore they hold similar views to you, similar values to you. And therefore, the ideas that you come up with, whether it's in, you know, in terms of your product or your pricing or your marketing, the chances are they're going to agree with you. This can lure you into a false sense of security that this is the right path, the right idea, the right decision. Actually, in our lives, we tend to gravitate towards everything that agrees with us. People that read the Daily Mail will read the Daily Mail not to learn or be educated, but because the Daily Mail holds similar views to them. Therefore, they'll trust the Daily Mail with their news. And of course, they're not getting challenged because they're just being told what they already believe to be true. The same if you read The Telegraph or watch the BBC, CNN or Al Jazeera. We tend to hang around people, places, information that already aligns with what we hold to be true. 
Christians will naturally bond and connect with other Christians. Muslims will bond and connect with other Muslims. And therefore, we end up in a situation where actually we're not in a position where we're getting challenged. We're not being challenged about, is this the right way? Is this the right perspective? Is this the right view? Because the illusion is that everyone agrees with me. Coming back to the title of this episode, it's brave to disagree with the majority. This can be really difficult if you are, I know, one of 20%. So you know that they're saying your particular industry sector that, you know, 80% plus of people expect a certain thing or do things a certain way or they believe X, Y, Z to be right. And you want to go against that. You want to disrupt that. And you've got new ideas. Well, guess what happens? When you turn up on the block, yeah, you may be one of 20%, maybe one of 10%. That may be more than enough for you to have a truly successful business because you'll align with that 10 or 20%, even though the other 80% will disagree with you. Because the other 10 or 20%, guess what? They're going to want to find people that think like them as well. So that you'll be very attractive to those people. But of course, you're going to repel the majority. You may anger the majority because they may well hold on so tightly to this truth. And therefore, they see you and your ideas as a threat. We have seen this over and over again. Gandhi was seen as a massive threat. A massive threat. Jesus himself, a massive threat. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Rosa Parks, massive threat. Malcolm X, massive threat. People who go out there and do incredible things for society that ultimately get lynched by society because they're going against the common held view by the majority. And therefore, it can be incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly painful, and it can get a little bit bloody when you dare to go against the majority. There's a concept out there called willful blindness. And the idea is that we deliberately turn a blind eye to things, even though we know that it's wrong. Or even though we know that we're wrong, we turn a blind eye to it. We deliberately, willfully blind ourselves from that truth. And actually, it's not a defense in court either, by the way. Something you should have known and something you should have seen You're expected to have known and seen it, even if you didn't, if that makes sense, because you basically had this willful blindness where you chose at an unconscious level sometimes, not consciously, you chose not to go there, normally because it's inconvenient, normally because it's uncomfortable. So this episode is actually aimed at people on both sides of the fence right now. If you're someone where you hold a belief, a view, a perspective, which is in direct opposition maybe to the majority perspective, then this message is for you to understand that I get it, right? It's difficult, it's tough, but actually if you stand by your own values, you stand by your opinions, you stand by your products, your services, your disruption in your marketplace, there will be other people who are dying to belong to something that aligns with who they are because they also feel marginalised. They also feel rejected by the majority. So they will want to be part of what you're doing. You'll also potentially repel, you know, 80, 90% of other people. And that's really uncomfortable and painful. And you have to manage yourself in that process and remind yourself, this is not about being friends with everybody. This is about attracting the right people for you. This is also a message for those people that find themselves that 
They hold the same beliefs and values, maybe as the majority of other people. And this is the message to say, just because everyone agrees with you doesn't mean you're right. And just because everybody else does the same as you doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And actually, the toughest thing for all of us is to sit back and dare to be wrong, to be challenged. I watch the BBC all day long because it tells me things that I already agree with. One of the hardest things to do is to switch over and say, watch Al Jazeera news because it's going to give me a completely different perspective, potentially. If I'm comfortable with the Daily Mail, you might want to switch over and start reading the Telegraph. If you're comfortable with the Telegraph, why not read the Guardian for a while? It will piss you off, it will make you angry, and in that moment you'll realise how embedded you are, how entrenched you are in your ideas, in your concepts, in your thoughts, beliefs and values, how sure you are that you think you're right, that you'll be so repulsed by anyone that dares to say something different to you. Now, guess what? We are all the 20 and the 80%, or the 10 and the 90%. There are certain things that we feel very comfortable with because the majority of other people believe the same as we do and do the same as we do, and we're very comfortable with that because of these evolutionary processes. But there's also aspects of our life where maybe we go against the grain, where we're different to the majority of people around us, maybe even different to the majority of the people in the world around us. So actually, in each and every one of us, what you tend to find is that we are both the persecutor and the persecuted, that we will persecute people that hold a different perspective that we hold because we are in the mass majority. And equally, we will be persecuted because we might hold a different opinion or view to the majority. So actually, for each and every single one of us, we have to learn that actually diversity is good, and this isn't just paying lip service to it, but a way, hopefully I've explained over the past 18 minutes why it's so important to have diversity. This is why it's so important to get out of your own country, go and travel, see other countries, see other cultures, because every country believes they're the best country in the world. Every society believes it's the best society in the world. They can't possibly all be right. If there is one single best country on the planet right now, it's probably not yours. And it's probably not mine. And therefore, we have to be open to the fact that actually we can learn from absolutely everybody. But it does require us to be vulnerable. That's why it's so brave to disagree with the majority. We go to another culture, not one like us. We can go to a completely different culture. For me, we went over and did a massive trip over in the Far East. And we went through Vietnam and we went through Cambodia and it was such an enriching experience to be around cultures that were so different to my own. And some of the places we went in those countries were so different to anything that I've ever experienced anywhere in the world. Now, when we go on holiday, of course, we're wide open to this idea. And guess what? We sometimes bring things back with us. So you go over to Cambodia, you go over to Thailand, you go somewhere else and you think, I don't know, you look at the meditation or maybe even look at the Buddhism, for example, and you might bring a little bit of that back with you. You might go somewhere else and see a society that's really driven and you might go and see a place where they really reward success, for example. You might bring a little bit of that back with you because one of the reasons we go to these places to travel is partly because we're going there to experience new things. Some people, they want to go to Costa de Sol and eat ham, egg and chips every day. I get it. They're not going there in order to enrich in their experience. They want to eat what they know they like, go to a place they know they like, preferably drink the beer with the same label on it that they drink at home, etc., etc. Be around people that speak the same language, even the same accent, etc., etc. When travelling further away, further afield, in order to uh, broaden you know, your appreciation of the world, 
you go automatically open. You'll try new food, you'll try new things, you'll try and speak new dialects, etc., etc. Now, here's the thing. For some of us, we are mostly in the cost of day soul, eat ham, egg and chips because that's what I like. For some people, they're mostly in the, I want to go over and I want to experience things that are so alien to me because I want to just see what else is out there. Again, for most of us, we're probably somewhere in the middle. Sometimes we like the ham, egg and chips approach because you get what you get, you know what you like, and then, you know, there's a different outcome you're going for. There's another part of us that wants to go out there and explore things, have new experiences and see a perspective on the world that's different to our own. Sometimes we'll come back and we'll think, yep, I was always right all along. Sometimes we'll come back and we'll be changed because of what we've seen. I remember when I went to Cambodia, I went to the killing fields and I saw some of the atrocities there that had happened under the rule and the regime of Pol Pot. And I remember, you know, thinking, I remember the Cambodian stuff going on when I was a kid. I remember Blue Peter always having this Cambodian appeal, but I never really knew what it was about. I didn't realise the mass genocide that was going on. In fact, as we found out, the majority of the world did not know about the mass genocide that was going on. In fact, Pol Pot himself ended up, believe it or not, after killing one third, I think it was, of his entire population, he ends up with a role at the United Nations. This was long after he'd killed the babies, killed mothers and killed anyone that wore glasses and spoke a different language or might have been intelligent enough to disagree with him. When you see this stuff and you see the impact of this, and there's still a scar that we were very aware of that runs through Cambodia, it does change your perspective, not just of Cambodia and what they went through, but it changes your perspective about things maybe in your own life, in your own country, in your own culture, maybe even in your own past or your own country's past. It will change you. And this is enrichment. This makes you a more well-rounded human being. But in our own businesses, for example, quite often, we're just not as open as that. You know, I want someone to tell me that I'm right. I don't really want people to tell me I'm wrong. I'll bring something to the boardroom. I'll bring something for debate. But what I'm secretly hoping for always is that everyone already agrees with me because that's very reassuring to me. And I can go away thinking, yep, I'm completely in the right. So one of the hardest things to do is to Be brave enough to disagree with the majority. But the hardest thing to do if you are in the majority is to be open to being wrong despite everyone else around you telling you that you're right. It's the well-rounded person that is open to being wrong and it's the well-rounded person that is willing to do what they know they should do, to say what they need to say, to be who they need to be and create what they need to create even if it's not considered the right thing by the majority of people around them. We live in a world right now which seems to be increasingly polarised. The media is not helping us with this. Politics is not helping us with this. Rather than learning from each other, rather than debating with each other, rather than being open to being wrong, rather than educating ourselves with other people's opinions, there's a lot of just slamming the door in people's faces who dare to think something different to you, to us, to one. As a nation, I see this. As a global society, I see this. And I also see it as a a deliberate thing. I mean, you've only got to look at the news. You've only got to look at the language being used to see the divisiveness in this. The truth of the matter is, no one person is ever going to be right. And just because that one person or that one group or that one team of people, and they might be very powerful people, politicians, scientists, etc., just because there's a bunch of them that agree doesn't mean they're right. And in this world we live in right now, 
I'm increasingly not seeing alternative perspective shown. I'm not seeing a debate anymore. What I'm seeing is a bunch of people that already have a perspective that are sharing information that aligns with that perspective, interviewing people that hold the same perspective and fundamentally being watched by people who already hold that perspective. There's no education going on at all. It's really confronting to hear someone with so diverse opinions of yours. However, it's the only way that we're going to get to the truth or as close to the truth as we possibly can. No one person holds the truth. In fact, Taoism, they have this saying where there are infinite truths. Every person, every human being creates their own reality. They have their own reality and therefore there is infinite realities. And if we want to try and find the one subjective reality, then we need to be open to the prospect that my reality is formed from a very flawed perspective that I'm right. And that just because the majority of people around me, maybe the majority of people in my country, maybe the majority of people in the world agree with me, that doesn't mean that I'm still right. And am I brave enough to disagree with the majority? Am I brave enough to dare to be wrong? Am I brave enough to sit in the presence of contradictory information? Am I brave enough to have a discussion with someone that has such a different opinion to me that I'm still open to the perspective that maybe they're right and maybe I'm wrong or maybe they're right about some stuff and maybe I'm wrong about stuff and actually the pair of us will be far more enriched by this interaction. A bit of a smorgasbord there around this topic of being brave to disagree with the majority. But I think it's important just to understand things from multiple perspectives, to understand ourselves from multiple perspectives and to see what I'm seeing in the world around me from multiple perspectives. I think it's a great lesson in humility. I think it's a great lesson in business. I think it's a great lesson for society. If you are an ambitious business owner looking to grow your business, please do go and check out biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. See what we're doing at our success groups. You'll see that we have groups of ambitious entrepreneurs just like you. We have groups for business owners just starting out who want to successfully launch their business. We've got business owners doing 20, 30, 40, 50K that want to build their business to 100K plus turnovers. And we've got groups of business owners doing over 100K, heading up to half a million, even more than that, that are continually scaling their businesses. No matter where you are in your own entrepreneurial journey, if you are a small business owner and you want to have more success and you want to create the lifestyle that you want through building the business you want, then please do go and check us out, biggerbrightbolder.co.uk. Or you can email my partner in life and in business, Tracy Miller at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll drop both those links in the descriptions of this episode, as well as some links to other resources designed to help you on your ongoing entrepreneurial journey. I will see you back here next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 